0: Hey everybody, welcome to Living in Control. I'm Amiza Abraham.
1: And I'm Reza Abraham.
0: In this episode, we are going to talk about consciousness. Consciousness is the core of the in-control model. And as we said before, an in-control life is a conscious life. Let's find out more on how consciousness helps us to be in control of our life and career and why it is so important. So stick around. In our previous episode, you mentioned the 16 C's of in-control model and in your book, In-Control, a systematic approach on how to get complete control of your life and career. You divided your content into three parts and you mentioned that the first two parts are the most crucial elements. Part one being the core of in-control is consciousness. Mm. And part two has three cornerstones, namely consistency, contentment, and conversion. Yep. So let's talk about the most important chapter in the book that is consciousness today, shall we? Yep. Yeah. So first question, how do you define consciousness in the context of in-control model in your book?
1: Uh, So, you see, consciousness, uh, it's the ability to stay aware and mindful. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really took me years of thinking and reading and researching and also interviewing to find out, like, what would be the center of the in-control model, which consists of the 16 C's that you mentioned. So, I could not get anything more important than consciousness. You see... To understand consciousness, we also need to understand what is conscience. So mm-hmm. consciousness is simply everything that we experience. In psychology, the root of the word consciousness is being conscious or being aware of yourself and the world around you. Bro- broadly speaking, it's uh, it's defined as being aware and awake. So this includes Our thoughts, feelings, perceptions, uh, memories, or even our Mm. fantasies—you know—it's the smell of our grandparents' house that we can still feel it decades later. It's the first day at the school uh, anxiety. It's the love for our loved one. It's the taste of the chilled uh, cola right out of the fridge, and uh, that. Uh, butterflies you know in our stomach before public speaking so even right now if if i ask you to imagine it i bet you can do that right yeah. so on the contrary our conscience is what gives us a sense of what is right what is wrong so doing something bad bring us a feeling of guilt and doing something kind make us feel good Mm. so our conscience is formed through the interactions with our family and society as a whole the values that we learn and absorb during our upbringing it's it's the devil and angel on our shoulders Mm. the guilt feeling after uh, like saying a lie you know Mm. the walk of shame after getting a credit that doesn't really belongs to us the embarrassing moment when the teacher finds out we have cheated on the exam. <laughs> so, what I call as a person who is fully in control is the persons that not only being aware, but being aware that we are aware. It means consciously aware of our conscience.
0: Hmm, okay. Interesting that you mentioned conscious and conscience in one word just now, right? Yep. (laughs) So we we know that conscious is about being aware and conscience is about moral sense. So how does these two um, uh, interrelated?
1: So you see, consciousness is is the most mysterious part of the human being. Scientists, mm. until today, are still trying to explain how does it work. Mm-mm. So, Daniel Dennett, who is the author of this book called Consciousness Explained, he calls consciousness a user illusion. Oh, okay. The way to understand it, uh, by taking the example of like, how magic works. You see, magics let us experience what appears impossible and question our logic, there is always this conflict between what we think will happen and the actual experience. Mm. Although magicians could make us believe in their magical powers, the truth behind magic magic, um, always lies in psychological techniques that take advantage of some of the limitations that our brain has. When magicians make an object vanish, they, they create an illusion that it's just gone, you know, through mm-hmm. some clever uh, maybe distractions or uh, preparation and a setup. And they just make us believe that it's gone, you know. But on the other hand, we perceive it as gone and start replacing the actual with the illusion that the magician wants us to believe it. So it means they manipulate our consciousness, or awareness. Mm -hmm. So in the same way, our conscience is formulated based on how we perceive things in our brain, which is uh, mostly an impression of what we see despite what the reality could be. However, what fascinates normally the philosophers is that conscience is varied from person to person. Yeah. The challenge about conscience is that everybody thinks they are right because <laughs> our brain are not the same. You see, take, let's take an example of a political leader from the opposite party, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We can listen to him all day and think to ourselves, does this guy really hear himself and have any conscience? Well, you would be surprised to know that they are thinking exact the same way about you. And that is one of the biggest vulnerabilities of us as human beings, because we can easily be manipulated, cheated, or lied to by what we see, hear, and believe. So that's why most people would rather not to know the trick behind magic than knowing how it all works, because you're just enjoying the show, and the magician does not want you to see what happens. So our consciousness will also determine. All our decisions and every other aspect of our life.
0: Mm, okay. Oh, quite interesting. Um, the part where you say uh, conscience is very person to person, you know, and then everybody thinks they are right. So that's why it's like women always think that <laughs> we are right. <laughs> okay. So, how does consciousness, um, as the core of the in control model, connects with the rest of the three cornerstones and the 12 pillars that you mentioned in the previous episode?
1: Yeah, think about it. Every pillar in our model is connected to our consciousness. You see, Mm. our character is formed by our consciousness. That is where we become conscious about conscience. Mm -hmm. Our companions are selected By our consciousness, we tend to surround ourselves with the people who believe the same things that we believe. Consciousness also defines everything. You know, the way we spend our money, the way we pick our uh, food, uh, the cause that we support, the way we build trust with other people, our happiness, our growth, and even our consistency. It goes Mm -hmm. back to your consciousness. So everything is deeply rooted in our consciousness,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Um, now that we now that we um, understand the magnitude of consciousness, what can we do to be in control of the core um, of being in control? So, what can we do?
1: Okay, so the the very first technique that we are talking about in the book it's about mindfulness because mindfulness is your superpower. Mindfulness is the state of our uh, mental, emotional, spiritual and physical growth in which we, we we can stay fully aware of what is going on around us during our highs and lows and stay uh, still stay in our full control. You know, it's is is the state that we imbe- embrace this uh, Latin phrase called momentum mori, meaning we should remember we may die any moment and we don't have to be fully engrossed in earthly possessions or becoming uh, what we call it as materialistics. So, t- so taking your loved one, For example, for granted or even being uh, or becoming self-centered by by our uh, past success and achievement. So a mindful person can own everything, but nothing owns them. You see, Hmm. it's it's so beautiful, right? So mindfulness doesn't mean to be poor or live an inconvenient life. You can live a high quality life and have a tremendous influence in your community, but you want to allow that to push you away from your conscious being and uh, start living an egoistic life. Mindfulness is also about staying conscious and knowing what is happening while it's happening. We are saying hi to people and passing by them without even noticing them or uh, wh- or even what they respond. Or another example is like you're playing with the kids. Physically, you're there mm-hmm. while your mind is still thinking of something else. Or you're talking to your parents while your mind is still thinking about an unfair situation that happened to you at the office. Or you're reading a page and not even realizing what you have just read. So we are we are simply missing so many moments thinking and worrying about another moment which is not now.
0: Yeah, that, that is pretty relatable. But uh when you talk about mindfulness and you know this 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 I, I mean mindfulness, mm. uh is it is it possible though um to live such a life without living in separation? Isolation and far from any earthly temptation and distraction. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it really that you know possible?
1: Yeah, the answer is yes. We 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 talk about many techniques in the book. Uh, but let me give you a, a few of them okay. uh, right now. So, one of the techniques that it truly changed my own personal life was this technique that I came across with. Uh, it's called defining the zone. Mm-hmm. So one of the most important decisions that we need to make in our life to avoid any distraction um, is the decision of what, when, and where is our no-distraction zone and stick to it. Mm-hmm. You see, um, you know that I love my afternoon nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like 12 minutes that I give to myself to refresh. It's like a restart button for me. I close my eyes and would not want to be distracted by anything or anyone, even our sons. (laughs) So I spoke about it with you. I share my request. And also I put my phone on airplane mode as I would not want to get any distractions. So this is my zone. So some people might need to clear certain hours or at least minutes that you are not checking your phone, for example. Mm. Or we can turn the dining table to a zone. No distraction. The the playtime with your kids could be a zone. Or having a crucial conversation with your loved one who needs your full attention can be a zone. So what, where, when is it that you value the most And you would not want to let in any distractions. So you become undistractable during those zones. Mm. That is one of those techniques. The other technique, which is very famous in this area, it's called stillness. So one of the biggest lessons that I needed to learn in life was stillness. Stillness (laughs) is the silence, calmness, that pause, not acting, you just be quiet. It's the exact opposite of reacting, responding and being very prompt. It's, it's the quality that many of us, are not good at it.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: We, we often assume like loud as a strong and quiet as weak, right? Mm. But stillness is about taking a step back and not reacting. This means turning your attention to something else, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like um, engaging yourself with a completely different activity and not making a, a rush decision. Right. So stillness has been a common best practice for many of the greatest people ever lived. It consists of engaging in activities that um, either calm them down and let them think longer and not to rush through uh, through certain things. Stillness is also means like... um, doing just nothing, literally, like nothing, <laughs> you know? Like, like meditation is one form of stillness. Stillness can be done uh, in, a, in a scheduled time at your preference when your mind is most clear for a, for a duration of, some, some they call it like 15 minutes, some they call it like 20 minutes. So just pick a quiet place out of every possible distraction, all alone, relax your body, with the closed eyes, or it could also uh, be a uh, watching some like, you know, natural motions like sunrise or sunset. And the final step is to be present. So you avoid thinking about anything in the past nor the future.
0: Mm. So personally, I tried um, to practice meditation, right? Before, before, yep. um, But somehow my brain is, you know, wired to keep on thinking Mm. and I just couldn't stand still. Um, So (laughs) like you mentioned just now, that's very, very challenging. Stillness is quite challenging. So even when I did a bit of yoga before, during the last part where we're supposed to lay still or sit still for short meditation, I always ended up sleeping, (laughs) (laughs) having a short nap. That's
1: a good thing too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So is there any meditation that doesn't require us to get silent? Mm -hmm. Because I have noticed a lot of uh, people have this problem. The moment everything starts to get quiet... So many things start shaping in our head.
1: Oh, there are, though. So we call them as uh, mindfulness exercises. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while some mindfulness practices might sound like really boring, like what you mentioned, that even put you to sleep, right? <laughs> so there are some other form of mindfulness practices that involve more physical Uh, Such as like uh, mindful running Mm. while we are letting go of the thoughts and give our undivided attention to our breathing, our pace, uh, feeling every part of our body and enjoy the scenery around us. Mm. Right. Mm. So many of the highly accomplished people like Michelle Obama, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Mark Cuban. So they go to the gym and train. And that's considered a mindfulness exercise. Hmm. So some play games. Some like to swim. Some like to hike. So what, what, what Tony Robbins said, which I like it the most, he said, motion creates emotion. So when we change our physiology, it involves changing our state of mind hmm. and breaking our harmful tendencies. So let's formulate this. You see, mindfulness exercises are any activities that maybe just for a moment or even last up to days, but they should always be engaging enough so that you refrain from thinking about what you are mainly dealing with Mm. or could be your um, stressors. Mm. Yeah.
0: So I think I should start trying to do this mindful exercise when I go for cycling later. Mm. And and enjoy the nature and being mindful of how my leg muscle, my legs are cycling, uh, the pedals and all moving. So while we're in the topic of mindful exercise, um, I also noticed there's a lot of attention to breathing techniques. Mm. Yeah. So is there any breathing techniques that you can recommend?
1: There are a number of breathing techniques, but my favorite one, It's uh, the technique, it's the breathe like a Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. Researchers show a correlation between a person's breathing, thoughts and feelings. A great way to cultivate awareness is by combining mindfulness with breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. This this allows you to experience the present moment and live each moment fully. To start, uh, simply bring your attention to your breathing. Feel its natural flow and rhythm through every inhale and exhale. The act of focusing on your breathing can also serve as a safe place for you to turn to if at any point you experience unwanted stress or negative emotions. One of my favorite breathing technique, which I learned it from uh, the author called Mark Devine, uh, he wrote this book called The Way of Seal, Explain in his book a breathing method called box breathing, which is designed for concentration, and mindfulness. For, for our audience, if you're listening to me right now, we can just do it r- right away. Okay, so, let's, let's try that. Let's yeah, try. so we, yeah. It, it's, it involves uh, four simple steps. So step one, okay. you just sit up a straight spine, All right. close your eyes, mm-hmm. and exhale fully. The Step number two, I want you to inhale through your nose, slowly, counting one to four. And then step three, hold your breath for one, two, three, four. And now step four, exhale through your nose slowly, counting one, two, three, four. After the exhale, again, hold your breath and count one to four, and then repeat the cycle. So, you see, the goal is to slow down our breathe to five or seven full breathe per minute, while an average person will breathe around 16 to 20 times per minute. (sighs) Yeah, now you can breathe. (laughs) So
0: refreshing. (laughs) All right. So, it's, 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 uh, I think, you know, like, actually helped to clear clear mind Mm. i think it got something to do with like when you breathe intentionally that way you sort of like you know really take in the the oxygen yep to let it flow into your body and also to your brain and all that stuff right so that's yeah i feel really refreshing of course the first time i think i felt a bit lightheaded Mm. but after a while it felt like you know you know, you feel much more fresh. Correct. Yeah. So the first technique just now was to work on our consciousness, and uh, that is, uh, you know, it it's about mindfulness, right? Yep. Um, what are other techniques that you have discovered, especially for those who may have already tried mindfulness or already know about breathing? So, what are the things that they can actually do?
1: Another very famous technique on. Consciousness is going back to nature. You see, nature has never failed to stimulate awe Mm -hmm. and many other positive emotions. There is that feeling we get when we experience something that it took a great effort to be created, something larger than ourselves that wards can hardly describe, like like a stunning uh, sunrise, like a magnificent jungles, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a spectacular clouds, incredible ocean waves, the colors in the sky. Mm-hmm. All of those can evoke such a feeling of awe. They're simply awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of like um, sunrise, right, it reminds me of our trip to Angkor Wat mm-hmm. in Siam Rip, Cambodia. yep. yep. Um, it was definitely a very peaceful and serene moment just watching the sunrise um, you know, from a uh, bluish sky to b- b- a bit of like you know orangey it's it's really magnificent yep. and um uh, the You know, although we had to wake up really early to catch the sunrise on our vacation, but it was all worth it. And, the, the re- and you know, and the rest of the day, I felt really happy and very energized. And, you know, if we actually do this every day, imagine mm. how it actually can turn our lives. Yeah. You know, we don't have to wait until for a vacation that we feel kind of relaxed. Even our day-to-day, if we actually practice this, um, uh, uh, appreciating it you know i think we can go about our life very energetic
1: yeah, yeah. You, you know many years ago i got introduced to a japanese method called shinran yoko oh, okay. shinran in japanese means forest yeah. and yoko means bath
0: so you take a bath in the forest uh,
1: yeah so <laughs> shinran yoko means nourishing your soul uh bathing in the forest Atmosphere and distressing your body, mind, soul through connecting back to the nature. Mm, Unfortunately, due to the exponential demands of this um, civilized world and all this technological enhancement, Mm. um, we are living in a cubicle and indoor office environment. And this has left us from our roots and origin. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. people are less connected to the nature. And we have lost our sense of appreciation for Mother Earth. So, however, most countries have certain days in the calendar when they celebrate and connect back to the nature. For example, um, every year in early May in Japan, there is a golden week, mm. a collection of like four uh, national holidays uh, Within like seven days, which includes Greenery Day, a day that uh, Japanese connect to nature and uh, they they just become thankful for its blessing. Even in Persian culture, we celebrate Sizda Bedar. In Farsi, Sizda means 13 and Bedar means to get rid of. So it's like literally is like getting rid of 13, which falls on the 13th day of Nowruz, oh. the Iranian New Year. And is also named as the Nature Day. So what okay. the family do, the families is just like simply leave their houses, go out in nature and spend a day outdoors uh, going for a picnic. You know, despite of all the differences that we have. Nature is proved to be universally reduce our anxiety, stress, and unhappiness, as well as increase our creativity, um, attention mm-hmm. capacity, and it's also a potential to connect with other people.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Nowruz, right? I I think Nowruz is uh, not only just the new uh, Iranian New Year; it's actually like the first um, first day of spring. Correct. Right? I think. Correct. Yeah. So that's the reason why you know you have that. Um, outdoor picnic to yep. enjoy the spring season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Parisa, how about those people who live in a concrete jungle, the mm. one in the city, and, you know, they need to drive one or two hours to just go to a jungle mm. or any natural places? How can they, you know, practice this forest bathing?
1: Mm. Mindful gardening. So, you see, trees are well regarded in Buddhism as nourishers of all life forms. You see, the tree is a symbol of health, longevity, um, beauty, patience, and even compassion. Gardening itself is a way for us to connect to the source of creation. Think about it. Growing a tree helps the environment spread its beauty and uh, deliver its gifts. Such act is is in in alignment with the expanding universe and the big picture of life. So, in return, for taking care of its needs, the earth will reward us. But the words of the famous philosopher Ralph Waldo Emerson, he said... um, Earth laughs in in flowers. Through mindful gardening, we learn how to bring our mind and body together in an activity that lets us be here and now. So gardening helps us calm down our thoughts, uh, let go of our worries and detach from an emotional pain uh, while reconnecting with the beautiful world outside. So keep your body in movement Uh, your attention is being focused, your mind is very still. So mindfulness teaches us the importance of weeding out the thoughts that do not serve us very well. Similarly, mindful gardening teaches us uh, that in order to bring new growth to life, we need to weed out the non-beneficial plants. So both practices Uh, complement one another and result in a thriving of our gardens internally and externally
0: yeah okay i think mindful gardening is meaningful and interesting techniques for all plant parents out there and Mm. those who is getting into gardening so guys remember whenever you you know you 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 water your plant you weed out all the small small weeds around your uh your your plant in the pot uh, and Be mindful, right? Okay, thank you, Reza. I, I mean, you mentioned that there are many other techniques that we can practice to be more conscious. And I want to ask you more. But let's continue that in our next podcast episode. And I'm pretty sure our listeners would like to know more what are the other techniques that we can practice. So in the meantime, I'd like to invite you guys to To put the practice, I mean, to put the tactic into practice, uh, try the mindful exercise, breathing exercises, forest bathing and mindful gardening. Yeah. All right. So we hope this conversation has inspired you to know more and to learn more with us. Don't forget to tune in to our next podcast. Love to have you around and thank you for listening.